It's time for another episode of the Adventures of William Ruby, Private Detective. Brought to you by Bright, the dentifrice that keeps your teeth clean and white. Hi there. Will Ruby is the name. Detecting's my game. Pretty good at it, too. Good enough to be able to charge $100 a day plus expenses and have people pay it without complaining. As a matter of fact, I've only blown one case, and that was early in my career. I'll never forget it either. One of the reasons why I'm as good as I am. Another reason is Frankie, my gal Friday and chief handholder, Frances O'Shea. She's smart, she's tough, and she's awfully nice to look at. She saved my life more than once, literally as well as figuratively. She's almost lost her own life a couple of times. This one case in particular, for instance. She got beaten up, knocked out, shot at, and she still brought down the bad guy. What a hero. The morning it all started, she was being a hero of a different kind. She was painting the office. The landlord had given her permission. He didn't want to bother doing it himself, and he can't resist her smile any more than I can. I was helping by staying out of the way, manning the phone, and providing the entertainment. Knock, knock. What? Not what. You're supposed to say, who's there? Oh, who's there? Little old lady. Now, you say little old lady who? Little old lady who? I didn't know you could yodel. <laughs> Get it? Little old lady. Yodel? Oh, yes. Come on. That was funny. Ooh, how about this one? Knock, knock. I think I prefer the riddles, but only slightly more. What would be really nice is if you helped me. I can only paint so fast, and there's a lot of office left to paint. I would love to, but this is my last clean suit, and I don't have coveralls. Besides, someone needs to be able to answer the phone. It could ring at any second. It hasn't rung all week. All the more reason to think it'll ring today. We're overdue. Hey, I know. I'll read you some sonnets. I have a book here somewhere. I, are you William Ruby, the Seamus? That would be me. Have a seat. Sounds like you need one. Or three. No time. <coughs> I, I want to hire you. I charge $100 a day plus expenses. I know. Here, there's a hundred bucks in that envelope. Hmm. Thanks. What do you want me to do? I... I... want you... <coughs> to, to get them. The ones who murdered me. Numbers. Ones who murdered you? Who are you? What happened? Oh my goodness. Is he, is he... Yep. Guess I'm making a call instead of getting one. Homicide. Now, how did you know? Oh, no. I thought I was safe. I thought, it's Friday. I haven't heard from that pain in the neck all week, and I won't today, because he wouldn't bother working on a cold, rainy day like this. Wait, wait what, 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 what do you mean, how did I know? That it's homicide. That's what he said, but I don't know that for sure, so I don't know how you'd know. Who said it was homicide? The stiff on the floor. He wasn't stiff when he said it, of course. 
He said it first, then he bit it. What? What? Where's this body? Uh, 7035 Hollywood Boulevard, number 42. 7-0... That's your office! Ah, so it is. That explains why I was here when the guy stumbled in. Coming, big brother? Just as soon as I gather a team. Any idea who he is? No, I didn't think to ask for ideas. He was collapsing. Well... Don't try to find out now. Wait until we get there. Got that? Yes, dear. I await your arrival with bated breath. What was that about fish? This case. It already stinks. You've never seen this man before in your life? Nope. Nor have I, Lieutenant George. And you would have no idea who shot him three times? Not a clue. Though I will say, he didn't get shot in the building. We would have heard it. No one on the boulevard would have noticed it. I wouldn't admit to noticing. Did you look for identification? No, you told me not to touch him, so I didn't. You mean you actually listened to me for once? Well, let's look now. Here's his wallet. Uh, Nothing in it but a few bucks and his license. His name was... Robert Neeland, address on Venice Boulevard, 6842. Really? Nothing else at all in it? Here's something. It was in his breast pocket. Thanks, Francis, but uh, you really don't have to help with this part of the investigation. It's not. We we shouldn't. We should be the ones who... uh... If you're trying to say that examining a body is a man's work, I remind you, Lieutenant, that I am a detective in my own right... Not only that, but I saw more than my fair share of dead and injured in the war. This body is nothing. You you did? I did. I was in the Royal Women's Army Corps for three years. She split her time between fixing transport vehicles and fixing soldiers. Pretty nifty, huh? Wow. As I was saying, I found this in his breast pocket, and before you dismiss it as just a book of matches, take a look inside the cover. Easy, girl. George is on your side. He just doesn't understand what exactly that side is. Sorry. So am I, Francis. I would never, ever hurt your feelings on purpose. Glad that's fixed. So what did you find, Frankie? Hmm. A matchbook from the Conga Club with a couple of rows of handwritten numbers. Well, they don't mean anything to me. What do you make of them, big brother? Hmm. I'll work on it. Gonna work on it too, aren't you? Well, the guy did pay us a hundred bucks to find his killer. And good. Good? My division's been hit hard with the flu, and we're really understaffed. This time, I need you to help. Just, 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 don't do anything nutty, okay? I don't have time or the manpower to rescue you. Don't you worry, big brother. This is gonna be a Team Ruby investigation all the way. Team Ruby and O'Shea, that is. That's right, and don't you forget it. I've rescued you more often than Lieutenant George has. Now, let's get to work. Poor Frankie. It's tough being a woman in a man's job, especially when you're better at it than most men. She doesn't talk about the war much, not even to me, so it wasn't George's fault that he hit a nerve. He felt so bad about it, he brought her flowers later that day. She needed them, for more than one reason. 
We didn't find anything else on Mr. Nealon's body. Lieutenant George whisked it off to the morgue. He said he would see if our victim had a record and that he would get back to us as soon as possible. Will thought it best to wait for his call before we decided our next move. I offered to fetch lunch, but he said he'd do it. With a quick stop at the bank to deposit Mr. Nealon's retainer on the way, I went back to painting. I'd only been at it a few minutes when the door opened. Oh, hello. Please excuse the mess. How may I help you? I want what Rusty gave you. I'm afraid I don't know a Rusty. The guy who was in here earlier. The one who just left here in a body bag. He gave you something. I want it. First of all, the man who died here gave us nothing. Second of all, I would never give anything to you for any reason. I don't know who you are, but I do know I don't like you. One bit. I said I want it, girlie. Give it to me now, or you're gonna get it. Let go of me! I said there is nothing to give you. That is the truth. I will not put up with your bullying. I'm calling the police. Oh, no, you don't. Ow! Broke my nose. That's it. Lady or no lady, it's lights out for you. Oh. Here. I rinsed off all the ice cubes in our drinks and I put them in a clean sock I had in the closet. A makeshift ice pack is better than nothing. Thanks. And thanks for the aspirin. Between the two, the bump on my head should disappear soon. He didn't hit me hard enough for me to be out long. <laughs> He'd come out worse if he really did break his nose. The office definitely did. No idea who he was? Not a wink. He didn't give a name, just said he wanted what Rusty gave us. Rusty must be a nickname for Mr. Neeland. Nothing wrong with your brain, even after it's been knocked around. Remember what this guy looked like? Big. Boxer big. Or maybe strong arm for a gang big. Dark hair, dark eyes, olive complexion. His face was good-looking, but mean. And wearing a grey checked suit, grey overcoat, soft grey hat. Oh, and a gold and ruby pinky ring. You never cease to amaze me. Have I told you lately that I love you? I believe it was mentioned last night. Have I told you lately that I love you? Yes, in so many ways. You sure you're okay? I will be, partially thanks to you. I should go to Lieutenant George and look at the mugshots, shouldn't I? Eventually. William Ruby Detective Agency, it's your nickel. Start talking. How do you get clients with a greeting like that? My charming good looks. Come up with anything? No. He's completely clean. Try looking for the name Rusty Neeland. Rusty? How'd you learn that? We, uh, had a visitor. Uh-oh. Yeah, a big guy came in and demanded we give him what Rusty Neeland gave us. Didn't believe us when we said he didn't give us anything and decided to look for himself. Oh, no. Anyone hurt? Uh, my desk isn't too happy, and I'm gonna have to replace all my coffee cups. Well, as long as you two are okay. I'll see if I can get the beat cops to uh, up their patrols around there. Thanks. Well, what's your next move? Searching his place? No. The matchbook was from the Conga Club, as I recall. That's a half-seedy joint downtown. It's just possible that someone there wrote the numbers, and if so, 
We'll get more information from them than a drawer full of socks. Good point. You know that matchbook could be why you lost your coffee cups. It's a good thing I took it with me. Let me know if you come up with anything. I will. You look up Rusty Neeland. We can compare notes later. Bye. Thank you for not telling him the whole truth. It would have put him in a positive panic. <laughs> Agreed. You should rest. Let me take you home, then I'll head to the conga club. Don't you dare. I'm going with you. No one is going to keep me down, especially not a two-bit rustabout. <laughs> I pity the man who tries. Let's go. As I mentioned, the conga club is a semi-respectable place in the heart of downtown Los Angeles, not far from Grand Central Market and the Angel's Flight Funicular. I'd been there a couple of times in the past, when all of my nights were my own. It's done up like a big grass hut with a thatched roof overhang on the walls and spears and masks everywhere, and waitresses and sarongs. It was a little early for the sarongs. I wasn't sure they'd be open even for barflies, but they were. Well, the front door was open anyway. This is interesting. Not a fan of theme clubs, huh? I don't think you're going to be a fan of the redhead coming our way either, judging from the look on her face. We're closed. That's okay, we don't want to drink, just the answer to a question. Well, two. Do you know where we can find the owner? You're looking at her, Flaine McDowd. And you are? Will Ruby. And this is Francis O'Shea. The private dick? Why? Why am I a private detective? Oh, I don't know, the thrill of the danger from dodging bullets and asking club owners questions? Funny. Why do you want to see me? Hey, do you say anything, or do you just follow him around like an obedient puppy? I'm no puppy. I follow no one. We work together. Good. Girls should have spunk. I have no patience for the weepy kind. So, Private Dick, answer my question. Do you know someone named Robert Neeland, also goes by the nickname Rusty? No, neither of those names ring any bells. Why? What's he done? No, just died on our office floor. He'd been shot three times. <gasps> and left you the mess. That wasn't very nice of him. Any idea who shot him? Nope. That's why we're here. I don't get it. What would I have to do with this guy? The only things on him were his wallet and a matchbook from this club. Hundreds of people come to the conga club every week, and most of them pick up a matchbook. People love free stuff, you know. I'm not ever going to meet all of them, never mind learn their names. Hey, Flem, I need the key to the storeroom. We're out of brandy. Judy calls. Sorry, I couldn't help you. You can show yourselves out. I think we'll stay and watch the band rehearse for a few minutes. I love a good combo. Suit yourself. Just don't stick around too long. If I know who you are, then a lot of my clientele do too. And seeing you here wouldn't be good for business. I don't think she was telling the truth. I don't think she was either. Wonder why. Could be she doesn't want to get involved. Or it could be she's involved up to her eyeballs. We may have to come back here later. Why did you want to stay and watch the band? They're not very good. Because the singer has been watching us like a lioness watches a couple of gazelles. 
I think she might have something to tell us. It may be about Miss McDowd, in which case she might want to talk outside. Great minds think alike. I just came to the same conclusion. Let's mosey in the direction of the door at a leisurely pace and see what happens. This is Francis O'Shea, and you are... Veronica Savage. I thought I heard you say the name Rusty when you were talking to Flame. You did. I asked Miss McDowd if she knew our Rusty Neeland. She said she didn't. Do you? I sure do. I also know Flame is lying. She knows Rusty even better than I do. She does? Yeah. Rusty was a big sap with a bigger crush. He was in here all the time making moony eyes at her, even though he knew she's got a guy. That... Didn't upset the boyfriend? Sure did. And Bronco Rizzuto isn't a guy you want to cross. He's big and mean and has a temper. Flame knew how to handle both of them. She has a couple of businesses on the side. She got Rusty to do some of the dirty work for her, which kept him interested and out of sight of Bronco. I felt bad for Rusty. He had no idea that what he did for her was shady. You don't have to feel bad for him anymore. He's dead. No one but me who's sorry he's gone. Do me a favor and get his killer. Or if you don't want to do it for me, do it for Rusty. Hey, I don't pay you to stand around and talk to Seamuses. Go back to rehearsing. You need all the practice you can get. Yeah, sure, Flame. Nice to meet you, Mr. Ruby. Hope to see you again sometime. If you do want to see Veronica again, Flackfoot, do it on your time and in your own place. I don't want to see you pestering me or any of my staff again. You, puppy, can come back. You're okay. Just keep the curiosity to yourself. It can kill puppies just as well as cats. I don't think she likes you. <laughs> She's not high on my list either. Wonder what her side businesses are. I also wonder if Bronco Rizzuto was the guy who sapped you. If he was, Miss McDowd may have a lot of explaining to do. I can think of someone who might be able to help. Yeah, he already owes us some info. Let's drop by his office. You can look at the mug books and confirm if it was Bronco. If it was, we're going to turn this case into a rodeo and break it. They make my job hard. But was Flame lying or Veronica? It bothered me that Veronica was so quick to rat on her boss. That Flame was so quick to throw us, well, me, out also bothered me. It was possible they were both lying. But about which parts and why? Another thing that bothered me, going to headquarters. It just reeks of rules and regulations. I followed their rules for a while, got all the way to Detective Sergeant even. Then I figured out I could get a case solved a heck of a lot quicker doing it my way and quit the force. I don't think any of my former co-workers ever forgave me, especially not my brother. Too bad. I have a better success rate than they do, and yes, my methods are all above board. Well, mostly. Mostly. 
Welcome home, little brother. How does it feel to be back? <laughs> Stifling. Did you find anything on Rusty Nealon? I did. He hasn't been caught for anything lately, but he did get picked up for vandalism once when he was a kid, so we had his prints on file. He's our stiff, all right. Come up with anything at the, uh, the conga club? Yeah, the owner doesn't like me, and the combo singer doesn't like her. Let me know if you have anything on Flame McDowd, Veronica Savage, and most especially, a Bronco Rizzuto. Bronco Rizzuto, huh? You know him? Sure. I think everyone on the force at least knows who he is. There's a rap sheet a yard long, mostly for stuff like breaking and entering, assault and battery, petty theft. Lately, he's been connected to a gang, one that runs numbers. Hey, the numbers in the matchbook. Send a copy of them down to Bunko. They're dying to break this ring, and that matchbook could be the break they need. Got his mugshot right here, as a matter of fact. Newest round of wanted posters. Yes, that's him. That's the man who wrecked the coffee cups. Yikes. Whew. Lucky you just lost coffee cups. He's known to have a bad temper. So, what's your next step? Good question. I really want to go back to the conga club, but Flame really doesn't want me to. Wait a minute. I can't go, but you could. Uh, me? In a nightclub. Why not? You went to plenty of them before you got married. And Frankie will go with you so you won't be alone. With Francis? Good idea, Will. Flame likes me, so she won't mind if I'm there. She might even tell me something. Do you have a good suit, Lieutenant George? Uh, 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 yes. Of course I have a good suit. Just make sure to jazz it up a bit. You're going to smell like a cop no matter what you do. But you don't have to reek like one. I'll help you. I'm sure Dolores will as well. What will you be doing, Will? I'll head over to Neelan's place and see if I can dig up anything about the numbers racket or Rizzuto. It would have been easy enough to get a lovesick sap to messenger things with him never being the wiser as to what he was doing. But maybe he did get wise. And that's why he was killed. Mm, good idea. So is the two of us going to the conga club, Lieutenant George. You'll see. Just... Make it look like a date, big brother, and not a stakeout, and you'll be fine. Come to my place when you're done, and we'll compare notes. Yeah, sure. Like a date. <clears throat> um, well, uh, what are you still doing here? You can't stay here until it's time to go. Uh, go back to your office or something. I'll call you if I get anything on these people you mentioned. Go on! Come on, Frankie. Maybe we can finish painting the office. Or... Do some more knock-knock jokes. We didn't stick around the office long. Frankie wouldn't let me do any more knock-knock jokes, and I wouldn't let her paint. Her head was pounding harder than she wanted to admit. We went over to her place so she could lie down and I could pick her dress for the night. She didn't ask me to pick it. I just decided to make myself useful while she napped. The one I picked was nice, but not too fancy navy with silver embroidery in the shoulders and at the waist. It also happened to be the one she was wearing when we met. I didn't mention that when I showed it to her. Neither did she. But the little smile when she saw it told me she remembered. I called George during that and told him where we were. He told me that R and I, that's records and identification for the non-cops, didn't come up with a thing in either Flame or Veronica. 
Even the conga club was clean. Well, none of them had records anyway. One of those ladies was as dirty as a coal miner. When Frankie woke up, I left her to get fancy and headed for Neelan's place. Well, this looks like the right place. No lights on, which is a good sign. Uh, door's locked. It's easy enough locked to pick. Huh. Not much here. Nothing looks out of place so far. Should probably check the bedroom first. Hmm. Not much here either. Let's see. Where would a guy with no furniture keep things like his bills and checkbook? Huh. Not under the bed. A closet? Ooh, not big on clothes either. Six shirts, all the same style and all white. Boring. Gray suit, pair of shoes. Ah, here we go. One pair of shoes, three shoe boxes. Let's see. Pay stubs. I work for a place that makes car parts. Utility bills. Hmm. No checkbook. No cash. Oh, here's a key. Looks like it might be for a cash box or a locker. Oh, I wonder who that could be. I'm about to find out. They're coming this way. I think I'll get behind the door just in case they're not friendly. <clears throat> Looking for something? What? Who are you? Well, I'm not Rusty Neeland, and neither are you. Judging from the bandage on your nose, I'm guessing you're Bronco Rizzuto. Good guess. You a cop? Private one. Either way, I'm supposed to be here, and you're not. That's breaking and entering, a crime you're very familiar with. Think I'd better call in the public cops and let them know what you're up to. Oh, no you don't. Put up your hands. This ain't a rattle in my hand, mister. <laughs> oh, no. I wouldn't rattle a 32. It might go off. Just like it did earlier today when you shot Rusty Neeland. Me? Shoot Neeland? Nah, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I don't think so. That bandage on your nose means you got popped and recently. I'm guessing by a beautiful and surprisingly strong brunette. The one she hit was asking about Rusty. Yeah, you're not kidding she's strong. Girls shouldn't ought to be able to fight like that. Wait a minute. How did you know about that? Let's just say I'm intimately familiar with that particular brunette. Yeah? I should make you tell me where to find her, but I don't have time. I got stuff I gotta do. Turn around so I don't have to look at your face when I shoot you. Oh, that's too easy for you, Bronco. Let's make it a little tougher. How are you at shooting in the dark? What? Hey! not be able to shoot in the dark, but he can throw a mean right hook. I just hope he liked my uppercut. Uh, he's gone now. Ooh, chances are pretty good he's headed to the conga club. I think I'll finish here, then head over there myself. It'll take three of us to corral him. Well, here we are. Uh, <clears throat> I guess I guess I said it already. <laughs> uh, the band sure is loud, isn't it? 
is, but not so loud that I can't hear you. Veronica isn't up there. Oh, she's at the bar. She must be coming on later. How's your hurricane? Mm. Oh, very sweet. Mm. <laughs> very strong. Uh, how's your gin and tonic? It's fine. You look very nice tonight. Uh, thanks. Feels a little strange to be all dressed up like this, but not uncomfortable. You look uh, quite lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Will picked my dress. It was the one I was wearing when we met. Uh, this isn't what I was wearing when I met Dolores. Oh? What were you wearing? Sergeant's uniform. She was a witness to an accident. <laughs> I was taking statements. She uh, <laughs> liked my eyes. <laughs> That's so romantic. Well, you're a very lucky man, and she's a very lucky woman. I am very lucky. I don't know about Dolores, though. Don't sell yourself short, George. You're a fine man. Handsome, smart, commanding air, and yet gentle at the same time. And your compassion for your fellow man is without equal. If you were single, there would be a line of women dying to meet you. And if I wasn't spoken for, I would be the head of that line. Well, what do you know about that? Uh, we, we should be keeping an eye on our possible perpetrators. Which one looks guiltier right now? They both look like they're guilty of something. Look at the way Veronica watches the room. We may get something from Flame, though. Here, she's heading for us. She definitely looks like she's hiding something. Well, hello, puppy. I knew you'd be back, but I didn't expect you so soon. Hi, Flame. I hope you don't mind. Hearing the music this afternoon got me in the mood. I don't mind at all. Who's your friend? This is George. George, Flame McDowell, owner of the Conga Club. Pleasure to meet you. Mine too, handsome. You're not enjoying that hurricane, are you? Oh, uh, well... I didn't think so. Let me make you something you like a whole lot better. I'll be right back. How did she know? That's the sign of a good hostess. Knowing her customers. You're brave coming here tonight. Veronica! You startled me sneaking up like that. I was invited, actually, by Flame. Really? I think that's a first. She must like you. Make any headway on what we talked about earlier? A little. Did I miss anything here? By the way, this is George. George Veronica Savage. With pleasure. Yeah, here too. No, you didn't miss anything. All quiet. Bronco hasn't even shown his face. Maybe you scared them earlier. I doubt that. Flame doesn't seem the type that frightens easily. She's not. Neither are you, I can tell. Not even a knock on the head keeps you down. Not usually. Here comes Flame. I'd better go sing. Enjoy the show. Don't forget what I told you. I'd hate to see that pretty face find Flame's bad side. So there they are. Veronica claims Flame is behind everything. Flame claims to not know Rusty Neeland, which would imply that she is innocent of both the murder and being part of the numbers racket, if true. 
But if Veronica is innocent, how did she know I got knocked out this morning? What? You didn't tell me that! Oops! Oh, sorry. We didn't want you to worry. F forget it. I'm fine. Promise. So who do you think is behind all this? Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, my instincts agree that they're both hiding something. It's going to take some subtle interrogation, I think, to get the truth. This looks like an intense conversation. Everything okay? Just fine, thank you. We are discussing favorite band leaders. <laughs> I'm sure ours is not on top of the list. Here, George, I think this will be a little more to your liking. Ten-year-old single malt and water. Yes, thanks. You're welcome. I know who you are, Lieutenant Ruby. It's okay. I actually want to tell both of you something. Something about Rusty. Meet me out back in the alley. There's a door to outside by the restrooms. I'll take this off your bill this time. Next time you want to get adventurous, you're stuck. Well, that's certainly intriguing. You think it's a trap? Only one way to find out. I'm glad I brought my service revolver. I just hope I don't have to use it. Let's go. You lied to us this morning. You did know Rusty Newland. Yeah, I did. I didn't tell you because I don't like cops. I've been manhandled too many times by the LAPD just because I'm female. What? I want names. I hate corrupt cops. And so does the chief. Later. Promise. I can tell you're okay. You too, puppy. I thought about you all afternoon. Thought about telling you the truth. I'm glad you came tonight so I can do that. Yeah, I knew Rusty. He was an okay guy, just really naive. I tried to tell him. Flame! She's collapsed! Go call for an ambulance. I'll stand guard in case they come back. And call my division! On it. You shouldn't get up, Miss McDowd. Wait for the ambulance. I'm okay, Lieutenant. One of the bullets grazed my temple, but it's only a scratch. I know that, and you know that, but whoever tried to kill you doesn't know that. And I'd prefer that they don't. At least for now. I missed all of that, but it turned out to be a good thing for more than one reason. After Bronco ran out on me, I searched Neelan's house from top to bottom. It took me a while, but I finally found what that key fit. A safe embedded in the floor under his sofa. Inside was just enough evidence to tell me who was really behind the numbers racket, and to get that person plenty of jail time. I pocketed everything and headed over to the Conga Club. By the time I got there, Frankie, George, and Flame were gone. One of the cops protecting the back door told me what happened and where they went. My next stop, Georgia Street Hospital, where George had arranged for a private room for Flame. It's about time you showed up, Will. What have you been doing? Hmm. Hello to you too, big brother. And to you, Frankie and Flame. To answer the question, exchanging fisticuffs with an ape and finding a bit of evidence. Take a look at these. Photos of a man. That's Bronco Rizzuto. He's taking money from another man and giving him what looks like tickets. 
And this one is a Veronica taking money from Bronco. That proves Bronco is involved with the numbers racket. He's also the ape I tussled with. Must have been looking for these photos. You're lucky to have come out of that tussle alive. He has a temper, especially when he doesn't get what he wants. You say that like you know firsthand. I do. I overheard him talking over plans with Veronica one night. He caught me and warned me not to say a word to anyone or I'd regret it. Then he gave me a sample of what I'd regret. That's the biggest reason I denied knowing him or Rusty this afternoon. I didn't want it to get out that I'd informed on him. Oh, I hate bullies. How do we get him, Will? Uh, you mean how do we get him, George? This is a police matter, remember? You asked us to help you as you were short-handed, remember? We're all in this together, George. To answer your question, Frankie, we're going to set a trap. My plan was simple. George would call the club, pretending to be a doctor. He'd tell whoever answered which hospital Flame was at that she was still alive but in grave condition. Then he'd ask that person to tell the rest of the staff and lock up the club for me. Veronica and Bronco would be so worried about a deathbed testimony that they'd come to the hospital to try and silence Flame before that happened. We'd be hiding in the room waiting for them. The instant they tried anything, we'd pounce. George amended my plan in one way. He'd take Flame's place in the bed with his gun at the ready. Good idea. He made the call, then had one of the doctors wrap his head in bandages so that even we couldn't tell it wasn't Flame. Then, we waited. What time is it? Uh, 2.30. The club should be closed by now, so they should be here any minute. Can you see anything, Frankie? You're closest to the door. No. Yes, here they come. Bronco has a bouquet, which I'd wager anything hides his gun. <laughs> I'm not taking that bet. Shh. Here's the room. No cops around. Kind of thought there'd be some. You must be on a coffee break. <laughs> Good thing for us. If she's as bad off as they say she is, you should just be able to smother her with a pillow. Me? Why me? Because you're the muscle in this gang. You've killed before. That butcher who wouldn't pay up, the kid who got wise and threatened to tell the cops. You've already messed up flame once. Now you're going to finish the job. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Then after I silence flame, what do we do? Get out of town. It's time to try out a new city. Boston, I think. I hear they're crazy for the numbers there. So there'd be room for a new game. Flame, are you awake? Bronco and I came to see how you are. That sounds bad, Flame. Real bad. They put dogs out of their misery when they're bad off, you know. I'm gonna do you a favor and do the same to you. No, no, you don't. <gasps> it's Will Ruby. Get him. Grab Veronica, Will. This ape, as you call him, is all mine. Oh. Not again. Girls shouldn't ought to be able to fight like that. Bronco! You killed him! No, she didn't. He's just out cold. Even if she did, he had it coming. Flame! I thought you were dying! <laughs> Not even close. You blew that too. Me? 
I didn't do a thing. Bronco made me come here. He wanted to see what would happen if I squealed on him in flame. Not flame. You. You're the brains behind the numbers, gang. We've got all the proof we need, thanks to Rusty. I found the stack of photos he hid. The stack Bronco tried to find tonight. You thought he was just a besotted patsy who was too in love and too dumb to figure out what you were really up to. He got wise after a couple of errands he ran for you and started collecting evidence. He went to Bronco and told him he knew the truth and that he was going to go to the police. Bronco couldn't let that happen. So he shot Rusty. If Rusty hadn't escaped and come to me, you might have gotten away with it. Lucky for us, he did escape. And because he did, you two are headed for a long rest behind bars. You're under arrest. Thanks. Thanks for catching them. And thanks for saving my life. Any idea which one shot at me? Veronica. I saw a flash of her blonde hair she drove by. She must have slipped out between her numbers. I knew she was bad news, but I didn't think she was capable of murder. I never would have thought a puppy was capable of taking down a rabid tiger. But you did. I don't like bullies. Or lawbreakers. But she does like me. She had to have a flaw somewhere. <laughs> Good one. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> This has been The Adventures of William Ruby, Private Detective, brought to you by Bright, the dentifrice that keeps your teeth clean and white. Tonight's cast included Helen Alamano, Val Coons, Mike Luce, Richard Tatum, Rochelle Wasserman, and Keith Wright. Story by Val Coons. Sound Patterns by Balcoons. This has been a Q Footsteps production. Now I'm shy.